Saquon the Great, the Rookies Report, and more on this episode of Giants Time. Welcome to another episode of Giants Time, the show all about the New York Giants here on 24-7 Sports. I'm your host, Kevin Boylard. In a minute, we'll be joined by Dan Schneier of the New York Giants on 24-7 Sports. Big show today. We're going to talk all about Saquon Barkley and the impact that he'll bring the New York Giants this year. Saquon, that number two overall pick in this year's draft, the first rounder of the New York Giants. He's going to bring a lot to the table, and we're going to break it all down, Dan and I. Then we're going to talk about rookie minicamp getting underway this weekend. We'll talk all about that. Saquon's not the only rookie. He's just the biggest one, but there's a lot of names we've got to discuss in addition to his. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Odell Beckham Jr.'s new logo and uh, get Dan's reaction to that. I thought it was pretty funny, and we'll see if he thought it was funny as well. And then at the end, we'll be opening up the phone lines so you can ask your questions directly to Dan over our phone line here at the 24-7 Sports Studio. But before we do all that, you can drop your comments in. You can vote in the poll. You can do all these sorts of things. Share the video to uh, help us reach a larger audience and get a little interaction in there. So we're happy to see many of you checking in the comment section right now. On that note, let's welcome in Dan Schneier of the New York Giants on 24-7 Sports. There he is. Dan, how's it going, my man? What's up, Kevin? Happy to be back. It's a big day in Giants football. Rookie minicamp is underway. Yes, it is, and a lot of people excited in particular about this rookie class for the New York Giants. Saquon leads it, but there's a lot of big names. First thing I need everyone out there to do is vote in this poll. We're asking, which will have a bigger impact in 2018? Will it be the addition of Saquon or the return uh, the return of Odell? If you think it's Saquon and the addition of him, hit that heart button. If you think it's Odell Beckham's comeback, hit that wow face. All right, Dan, where do you think the fans will stand on this one? I think based on recency bias, the fans will overwhelmingly vote for Saquon Barkley. I'll give my final take later on in the show, but for now I'm going to guess Barkley is where the fans stand. Right now in the comments section, people are leaning towards Barkley, but there's a lot of love for Odell right now. In the poll, 41 fans say Saquon, 22 say Odell. Continue to vote in that poll. Again, hearts for Saquon, wows for Odell. Jumping into the comment section to see what some of you are saying. Anthony says, hi, what's going on, Anthony? John says, big blue. And Eric says, Giants Nation forever. So the hype is on the rise. There's a lot of fans really excited about this coming season. And Saquon is a big part of that. So let's jump right into the conversation and talk about what Barkley can bring to these Giants as a rookie. We saw the Cowboys and Zeke take that team from worst to first in the Giants' own division. And then last year, we saw Leonard Fournette do it for the Jaguars, worst to first in the AFC South. Will the Giants and Saquon Barkley be the next to go worst to first? I mean, going worst to first is a little bit of a jump right now, and that's not necessarily true if the Giants were in any division. But when you're in a division with the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the benefit of paying Carson Wentz only about eight to nine million under the salary cap, and you've seen the fruits of that nature when they're 
going ahead and trading for guys like Michael Bennett and loading up with contracts at different positions. So first to worst, I don't know, but I think the Giants are certainly in the wild card mix for this next season. And to me, I think they have a very good chance of going to the playoffs. And it's not just because of the addition of Saquon Barkley. It's because of the way they revamped this offensive line this offseason. It's because of the upgrade, simply going from Ben McAdoo's broken and failed offense to Pat Shermer's offense, which made the most of guys like Case Keenum, and Adam Thielen. And in addition to that, they have a brand new defensive scheme that is very exciting and attacking scheme. And just lastly, it's very important to remember this team didn't have Odell Beckham for 12 games last season. You're basically adding two of the best talents in the NFL next season with Barkley and Beckham to an offense. So I do believe they're in the mix for the postseason. First to worst is going to be tough with the Eagles in the division. That's definitely true. But David in the comments section is all in. He says, worst to first. And then Joey says, Saquon all pro this year. That's a pretty bold prediction. And now I'm going to ask you to make one as well. We talked about Zeke, but in 2016, Ezekiel Elliott led the NFL in rushing yards as a rookie. Last year, Kareem Hunt led the NFL in rushing yards as a rookie. Will Saquon be the third rookie in a row to lead the NFL in rushing yards? I actually think that Saquon Barkley really does have a great chance to lead the NFL in rushing yards. You look at what the uh, Vikings did last season with Pat Shermer's offensive coordinators. They finished the seventh best rushing team in the NFL with the fifth most rushing attempts. Now, they had an injury. Dalvin Cook, their star second-round running back, a guy I wanted the Giants to get, a guy who I thought was the best back in that class and proved to be through the first four games, went down with an ACL after week four. But before that, he was close to leading the NFL in rushing. I believe he was second or third. Then they kind of went to a little bit of a rotation with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. But this year, Pat Shermer has already made it clear, if Barkley picks up the playbook fast, he sees no reason why he can't have a Le'Veon Bell-like role. And we're talking 25 to 30 touches per game. So you look at that, you add in the fact that they're going to be a run-first team, that they add Will Hernandez, arguably the second-best run blocker in the draft and a day-one starter, Nate Solder and Patrick Omamet to their line, a physical approach. You look at the fact that they're going to go to a 12 personnel now as their main offensive look with Rhett Ellison on the field for more than 40% of the snaps. He'll see closer to 75% of the snaps. And last year, he was Pro Football Focus's third-best blocking tight end. And you add a lot of talent to their to their offensive line and a guy like Saquon Barkley. And I think he's got a really good shot to actually lead the NFL in rushing this year. Some fans, Joey in the comments section, doubling down on his prediction, says not only will Saquon lead the NFL in rushing yards, he'll lead the NFL for receiving yards by a running back. And then Gabe says, put Boylard in a QB. Not if you want to win, folks. Not a good idea. And then some other folks in the comment section calling out Will Hernandez, the second-round pick of the New York Giants, and how crucial he's going to be. We'll talk more about him and the rest of the rookie class coming up. But we have a little bit more to talk about when it comes to Saquon Barkley and the impact he can have on Eli Manning. I actually think it will lead to a career year. And you know what? Trent Dilfer, a guy who I spoke to just before the draft, told me that if the Giants get Saquon Barkley, he's saying it right now, and he said put it down in paper, Eli Manning will have a Pro Bowl caliber year. And I see it too. You look back at the game Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer continue to reference. It's that Eagles game late in the year last season where Eli Manning had Tavares King on the field, and he had guys like Dar uh, Darius Poe starting at wide receiver. 
all three of his good offensive linemen on an already bad offensive line were injured by that point. And he went toe-to-toe with the Eagles offense, and it came down to one final drive where the Giants got a couple penalties in the red zone, and it kicked them back, and they didn't score. But he was tossing the ball around the field really well that day. And equally as important as Saquon Barkley is to Eli Manning is Will Hernandez, is Nate Solder, is Patrick Omame. And I think the biggest key to Manning for Manning's season is going to be getting out of that Ben McAdoo offense, which is very restricted and basically a very tightly knit. You had to go with uh, the same scheme year after year to an offense that really changes with Pat Shermer, a guy who's going to use quick tempo with Eli Manning, but also slow it down at the line of scrimmage once he gets into that uh, hurry-up huddle mode. So Eli Manning is going to be able to make a lot of pre-snap and post-snap adjustments, and that's going to help his game. And, of course, getting back to the play-action passing game with a threat like Saquon Barkley in the backfield, that's what Eli Manning always thrived in earlier in his career when he was putting up his best numbers back in 2011. So I think all of those factors combined will lead to, a, I won't say career year, I don't think he'll ever top that 2011 season, especially when you consider how bad the offensive line was that year and how bad the running game was. But I think this could be a second best season ever with the Giants. There's a lot to be excited about when it goes, comes to Eli Manning, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., all of the weapons that the Giants have now. It seems like things are finally coming into place. And when you look at the comments section, the excitement is through the roof about this team. But we know it's not all gumdrops and butterflies. There's only so many balls and so many touches to go around. And we've seen what happens when Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't get the touches that he wants. So... Is there any chance Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. butt heads over touches? I don't think so. And I think that, honestly, Kevin, if you really look back at it, Odell Beckham's problems on this team have not really derived on getting touches. He made one comment once after the Buccaneers game a a few years ago. Um, It was JPP's first game back after he broke his hand. And he said, you know, and this was after he had gotten, like, seven or under targets for three games in a row. He said, look, we got to get me the ball. But besides that, he's really never made a comment about getting the football. Odell Beckham has been very passionate, and some people say too passionate in an NFL game, but it's always been about winning or losing. He just doesn't like to see this team lose. That's how he's wired. So I believe that with the impact that Barkley can make on this offense and with the offense getting back to moving the football and maybe just maybe scoring 30 points in a game, uh, it's going to be all gravy for Beckham. Uh, as long as that, as long as Barkley makes the impact that we expect him to. You're watching Giants Time with Dan Schneier. I'm your host, Kevin Boyler. We've broken down Saquon Barkley now from just about every single angle, his impact on the Giants, his impact on Eli Manning, and his potential relationship uh, with the other stars on the team. So I think we've definitely hit Saquon Barkley from every angle possible. However, there's a ton of rookies and a ton of newcomers on this team, so let's try and get a chance to talk about or talk about more of them, and we'll discuss rookie minicamp, which is beginning this weekend. The players are reporting. The videos from practice are starting to pour out, and it's exciting if you're a Giants fan to see football again in front of our faces on a screen. Makes you want to get out to the field and go see these guys play. So... One of the biggest names, I mean, I know you, Dan, did a ton of research on the quarterbacks in this year's draft class. One, because you thought the Giants might take one with that second overall pick. But guess what? They took one way later in Kyle Oletta out of Richmond in the fourth round. So tacking on a comment that I'm seeing here in the comment section where a fan is asking Kyle Oletta versus Davis Webb, what are we seeing? What do we expect to see from Kyle Oletta and are we getting our first look at the future of the franchise? 
You know, I had to do a lot of digging on Kyle Oletta after they decided to select him because he was not in my initial evaluation. And I poured, as you guys know, hours into game tape over these top quarterbacks, but Oletta doesn't have much out there. And what I did was find game tape against William and Mary, against Villanova, two other of those small school teams, and then his senior bowl game, which was easily his best performance, I thought, throughout his entire career in college football. And that comes against the best of the best, the best seniors in all of college football in the senior bowl when he was named the senior bowl MVP through for three touchdown passes. So what I saw is a guy who has a quick release, who throws with anticipation, who has quiet feet in the pocket, and that's the ability to never panic under pressure. It's to have poise regardless of the pass rush in front of him. And now now you're looking at the debate. Kyle Laletta, Davis Webb. Davis Webb has a year up on Laletta. He's learned under Manning for a year, but they're just completely different prospects. you got to understand that. Webb is a guy who has a cannon arm, has the prototypical NFL size and build, but on his game tape at Cal, his accuracy worried me. What also worried me about uh, Davis Webb was that under pressure, he didn't have those quiet feet in the pocket. His feet panicked a little bit, and he didn't throw with anticipation. He waited for receivers to get open. So the one knock on Laletta throughout the entire draft process, besides playing at a small school, was his arm strength. But that's already been uh, dismantled by Pat Shermer and by Brian Billick, who called him the best quarterback pick in the draft, and by Charlie Casserly, former NFL GM. So if you ask me, I think Laletta is going to be the future of the franchise at the quarterback position. Now, this comment in the comment section, I swear, they must be looking at my notes. It's Nick who says, Lorenzo Carter, 2018 Giants sack leader. Lorenzo Carter, next up on my notes here. And I want to know, he's a third-round pick, so I want to know, in what capacity do you foresee Lorenzo Carter contributing as a rookie? Some of the guys picked before him, I know we think they're going to be full-time, right-away, immediate starters. But a Lorenzo Carter might need to work his way onto the field. What sort of role do you see him playing in 2018? I foresee him playing a much bigger role than some expect right now. He went 66 overall to the Giants, but Dave Gettleman said it quite frankly and bluntly. They tried to trade up with multiple teams in the second round to get Carter. They had a much higher grade on Carter than where they got him at 66. Rotor World's Josh Norris had him as the 25th best player in this class. I had him 28 overall. And you got to look past just sacks. Carter didn't rack up sacks at Georgia, but that's a product of how he was used in the Georgia scheme. They used him a lot like they used Leonard Floyd, who eventually went in the top 10 to the Bears for similar reasons, because of upside and because of the potential to project at the next level. What Georgia did was drop him in coverage a lot, use him to set the edge in the run game. But according to Pro Football Focus, Lorenzo Carter had the fifth best pass rush productivity in the entire class. And all that means is on a per-snap basis, on a per-pass rush basis, he got pressure, quarterback hurries, hits, and sacks combined, fifth most of any player in this entire class. So he's a guy who I think will be used all over the formation, a perfect fit for Betcher's new hybrid scheme. And I think he could honestly have a good shot to lead the Giants in sacks. It sounds crazy, and I think Olivier Vernon's probably going to give him a run for it. But, you know, behind Vernon, this to me is the guy who has the most potential from a pass rush standpoint. Paulo in the comments says, beast Lorenzo Carter. I agree. This guy can ball, and I'm excited to see him on the field in the New York Giants uniform. So let's talk about some of the guys we don't know as much. That's kind of the fun about this time of year is there's these names that attend these rookie mini camps and OTAs and, mini, and, and mandatory mini camps later on in the spring, and we don't know them yet. But in a year's time, they could be household names. These guys could develop into stars. So my question, Dan, is, is there any buzz building about any of these New York Giants undrafted free agents in particular so far? No doubt, Kevin. There's three guys who have 
got on my radar, and I'll pinpoint one of them. We'll start with the two others. Nick Gates, the offensive tackle out of Nebraska. This is a guy who enters the NFL with an almost identical grade to Andrew Norwell, the undrafted free agent at Ohio State, who Dave Gettleman found as general manager of the Carolina Panthers, turned him into an all-pro, maybe the best guard in the NFL. They have similar weaknesses, similar strengths, and the weaknesses are just doesn't have the NFL build, doesn't have the raw athleticism like an Eric Flowers. But you know what? You throw in his game tape and – one NFL scout, Dan Shanka, said he has a round three grade for him. So I got a, got my eye on him. I also got my eye on Aaron Davis, the cornerback out of Georgia, a guy who played the slot for Georgia, a big guy at six foot two, 210 pounds. And when we had a chance to talk to our Georgia guys down there covering the Georgia team for 24-7 sports, they lit up talking about Davis, about his impact, high character player, very productive on the field. But the guy who's deserving and getting the most buzz right now is Grant Haley, the cornerback out of Penn State who has the time, has the athleticism, ran a great 40, great vertical leap, has the production, always made big plays at Penn State. Why did he drop in the draft? Well, because he's only five foot nine. NFL team said maybe he can top out as a slot cornerback. That's fine. The Giants need a slot cornerback. And this is a kid who showed up today before any other rookie. Him and Barkley, who have been roommates for the past two years at Penn State, showed up at 6.30 a.m. today for the first day of Giants rookie minicamp, hours before they were supposed to report to Giants rookie minicamp. And that, to me, says a lot. Paulo, Joey, and others predicted that you were going to say Grant Haley as the undrafted free agent to watch. So sounds like you're uh, educating these Giants fans really well so far. Um, I'm sure they're tuned in, tapped into everything you're saying. So now we're going to get what you have to say about the Odell Beckham Jr. logo. Now, if you have a question still about rookie minicamp that didn't get answered, that's okay. We're going to open it up to you guys shortly. But first, I got to get Dan's reaction to this logo. It came out. ESPN's Darren Ravel reported it. Uh, Mike, if we have it, can we show it? Yeah, there we go. Okay, so it's an O, a B, and a J kind of all mixed into one. What do you think? Uh, what, what do you think, Dan? Is that a uh, quality logo, or did he deserve the Twitter bashing that he got? As you know, Kevin, I'm pretty much a stick-to-football guy. This is one of the worst things I have to <laughs> opine on. If this is the worst thing, though, I have a great job and I have a great life. I will say that. But if you ask me, I don't really know how to judge if this is a good logo or not. So I'm going to actually flip this a little bit and turn it on you, Kevin. What do you think of this logo? Well, I love the logo uh, itself, although I think too many people are jumping on this uh, bandwagon of trying to mash letters on top of each other like new york mets yeah. or new york yankees that's the classic look but when you do it with letters like o b and j it just kind of <laughs> looks mosh posh and also i tweeted this out i don't know if you saw it but when prince changed his name to a symbol he did that so he could get out of his record label deal Ooh. is there any way the new york giants and odell beckham jr he could get out of his deal because he changed his name to a symbol as what is deal with the Giants, you mean? Yeah. Oh my god, if that happens, I'm going to have a heart attack covering this team. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. It could happen. Okay, let's open I up the not. phone lines now. <laughs> I'm just thinking outside the box, and I guess that's why they ask us to stick to football. But those phone lines are <laughs> officially open now. Let's get your guys' thoughts so you don't have to listen to us talk about logos and uh, whether Odell Beckham Jr. is the next prince. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so while we're waiting for that phone line to buzz, again, the number is 615-422-5240. Uh, I have a question here from Thomas. He wants to know the latest on Eric Flowers. 
Yeah, so Flowers still hasn't reported to the team at all, has been in minimal contact with Pat Shermer, the head coach, and maybe a couple phone calls, texts here or there. No contact with Dave Gettleman, the general manager. You can, you can tell that relationship isn't off to a good start. Um, this is a guy who is going to have to report if he wants to get paid. We know that. There's no other way around it, but so far he hasn't done it. Please give us a phone call. Our number is 615-422-5240. If you'd like to ask Dan anything, please do right now. If you want to drop it in the comment section, that still works. But we want to hear your voice, and here we got one right now. Hey, we know oh. that. There's no other way around. you got to turn down the volume. If you're going to call in, please turn down the volume of your show in the background. I'm going to try again here. Welcome to Giants Time. You're on the air live. What's your name, and what's your question for Dan? My name is Dominic Poe, and I, I'm still trying to figure out how did great, Grant Huntley go undrafted, and why is OBJ and they over here worrying about OG, OBJ and his contract being renewed or whatever's going on with the logo. Dan, what's going on? Is the logo, Odell's logo, have anything to do with his contract negotiations? Uh, I don't think so. I, 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 I highly doubt it. I mean, this is a guy who is getting paid $25 million. How much was it from Nike? I think it was a $25 million deal. It was a $25 or $30 million deal, five a year, $5 million a year. So I think it was just rebranding for him. But I'm going to answer the other question because I have probably a little bit better insight on that. Like I said, Haley went undrafted just simply because of his size. Five foot nine. it's just like when you see centers go late in the draft. The guy will clap at LSU. I liked him. Center at LSU, he went in the fifth or sixth round. It's just the position this kid plays. He's five foot nine, so they project him in the NFL to only be able to play slot cornerback, and that's a niche. But even today at rookie minicamp, Haley said, I can't wait to prove to these guys who said I was too small to play in the NFL that I can play the outside too, and I can play special teams. So there's definitely a good reason to look forward to him making this roster. Please give us a call. That number is 615-422-5240. We just had a great call, two-part question about Odell Beckham Jr. and Grant Haley. Woo, and as I say that, they answered. You're live on the air watching Giants Time. This is Kevin Boyd speaking. What's your name and what's your question for Dan Schneier? My name is Tim, and I want to know who is Eli going to throw to other than Odell for the deep plays? Deep plays. Who can we expect on the receiving end, Dan? It's a great question. The Giants went deep into finding, look, targeting a deep big play receiver uh, during the pre-draft process, but they came up short in the draft simply because they didn't have enough draft picks to do it. Then... It was rumored they signed Grayson out of uh, out of ECU, but he's not on the final uh, UDFA roster. So right now, they're still in the mix. They still have to find someone to make those big plays. But remember, Cody Latimer is a guy who everybody wrote off, who ran a 4-3-9 40-yard dash before he was drafted by the Broncos in the second round. Everyone wrote him off after four years, despite being one of the best special teams players in the league. And during the first minicamp, he ran with the first-team offense with Eli Manning. So... I think Cody Lattimore could actually be that big play threat on the outside, a guy who can also block on the boundary, which is going to be super important for a run-first team like the Giants are going to be. That phone line is still open. We have time. There it is. All right, Dan, you got him coming. You're on the air. You're on Giants time live right now, talking with Kevin Boylard of 24-7 Sports. What's your name and what's your question for Dan Schneier? This is Dominique Poe again, and uh, and I'm the guy I have. I'm going to answer that guy's question as far as he wants to know who's going who's going to be our deep ball threat. That's what we have Evan Ingram for. That's what Evan Ingram is there for. Now if the Giants don't get no other no other receiver in the offseason. That's who they're going to. That's going to be the deep ball threat. Evan Ingram. Remember, he can step outside. 
So thank you very much, Dominique, calling in to answer the last phone caller's question. He said, Evan Ingram, I don't see Evan Ingram as much as a deep ball threat. Do you? I think he actually has a great point. So thanks for calling in because remember, Evan Ingram ran a 4-4-1 40-yard dash. And just because Ben McAdoo had no, didn't have the creativity to run him up the seam on vertical routes doesn't mean Pat Shermer is not going to be able to. And like the caller mentioned, Ingram was starting to use it towards the end of the year, especially in that Raiders game, as an outside receiver on the boundary. And I think you might see that again, especially when the Giants motion to 21 personnel offense or an offense featuring three tight ends with Gerald Adams and, and, and Rhett Ellison on the line. And you could kick out Evan Ingram there. You have a lot more flexibility. So he, he's got a good point. I don't know if he's going to be the deep threat on every play. He's going to mostly line up in the slot uh, or on the end as, a as the inline tight end. We've got another caller on the line right now. You're on the air live, Giants time. What's your name and what's your question for Dan? Hey, my name is Tony Grant. Um, I'm all the way out here in Texas. My question is, I know we drafted Saquon, um, but who after him um, can we look to for the running game? After Saquon? That's a good question. They just parted ways with Paul Perkins. Dan, where do you see them going after Saquon? Yeah, I mean, I actually really like the Giants' depth chart after Saquon. Some people will knock Jonathan Stewart, the veteran they signed earlier this offseason, but since Pro Football Focus has been charting elusive rating, which basically is, in my opinion, the best way to determine a running back independent of his offensive line because it takes into account forced missed tackles and yards after contact per touch, he's the fifth best in that rating. So I think Stewart's still got a lot more to give, but my eye is on Wayne Gallman, a guy who somehow managed to average 4.1 yards per carry last season behind one of the worst Giants offensive lines I've seen in years. Gallman also has that ability to force create tackles, uh, force cut yards after contact. Remember, at Clemson, he averaged 3.5 yards per carry after first getting hit. Incredibly impressive number. So keep an eye on Gallman to rise a little bit ahead of Stewart, but Stewart's going to have a role as well. We've got time for one or two more phone calls. If you want to give us a buzz right now, that number is 615-422-5240. We've gotten several good calls already. Maybe another question here I saw from the comment section. DeAndre wants to know if there's any other offensive linemen we should know about, especially who's going to start at right tackle if Flowers never shows up. Yeah, I mean... Keep an eye, like I said, on Nick Gates, the undrafted free agent out of Nebraska. This is a kid who really should have been drafted earlier, but just like Andrew Norwell, who fell before him when Gettleman found him in Carolina, he didn't have the measurables like Jerry Reese used to love with guys like Eric Flowers. And then aside from him, you got to love what Chad Wheeler's doing right now. This guy, this kid showed up a much bigger and much better shape to the Giants minicamp earlier, was the first team starting right tackle with Eric Flowers out. And... Pat Shermer specifically pinpointed how impressed he was with him uh, when speaking about the right tackle situation at the draft. So I keep an eye on Chad Wheeler. I keep an eye on Nick Gates. And I'm not going to mention Eric Flowers because, A, he hasn't shown up. And, B, I don't think he could really play right tackle. I don't think moving him from left to right makes any difference. The kid has terrible, uh, a terrible punch, terrible usage of his hands, terrible footwork, no technique when it comes to the position. You could have all the talent in the world, but offensive line is about technique for the most part. So those are the two guys I keep an eye on. All right, let's squeeze one more phone call in here. You're watching Giants Time. You're on the air live. What's your name and what's your question for Dan? Hey, my name is Alex. Uh, what's up, Dan? Uh, what's up, Kevin? You guys are doing a great job. I love everything that you guys are talking about with the Giants. Um, I just had a quick question. Um, I just want to know, uh, within the depth, um, are we going to look for more offensive linemen to back up Brett Jones, um, simply because it looks like he's really the only center that we might have? 
and what's the rest of our right side of our line going to look like um, if Eric Flowers doesn't show up? Dan, they want to hear more about that offensive line. I know we just answered that right tackle question. Maybe you can touch on center for us. Yeah, no doubt. And thanks for the compliment and thanks for the clear call. That was a great, that was our best question yet, I thought. And <laughs> I understand touching on the offensive line because it's the most important thing. Take on Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr., Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. It doesn't matter if the offensive line doesn't block well. And as far as center goes, I was hoping they might trade back into the draft to get Will Clapp, the kid out of LSU, I said. But listen, this Gates kid I'm talking about, who I think will compete at right tackle, will also compete at center. He can play all three spots. And that's kind of what Gettleman did when he found Norwell. He was a tackle at Ohio State, moved him into guard. Now he's the best guard in the NFL. So keep an eye on those two. And I wouldn't be surprised if John Greco, a guy they re-signed last year, who uh, re-signed from last year, who has had experience at center during his days with the Cleveland Browns, also competes at center. Then on the right side, you're going to see Patrick Omame, I think, start at right guard. As far as right tackle, we tackled that in the last question. Thanks again for the question and the compliment. Yeah, the callers, the Giants fans, man, they came through today. Awesome calls, kept those phone lines firing, and that's how the show becomes entertaining. You guys got to be part of it. You guys did a great job. Let's see how you did in that poll. Let's get Dan's final take on that. Okay, we asked, which will have a bigger impact in 2018, the addition of Saquon or the return of Odell? Dan, where do you stand on this one? I think it will be the return of Odell Beckham Jr. I'm a big believer in that. If you can have one of those rare type of receivers who commands a double team on every single play, it really changes your offense. It's something John Fox told me when I talked to him this offseason about, will the Giants ever consider trading Odo Beckham? He said it's all hogwash. They would never trade a guy like that. So to me, a guy like Beckham just changes how a defense can scheme against you. And obviously Ben McAdoo was somehow never able to take advantage of constant double teams on one of his players. But I think Pat Shermer will, and I think it will be Odo Beckham. All right, a lot of fans excited to see Saquon Barkley, but Dan tells us that actually the return of Odell Beckham will be the bigger impact in 2018. Dan, great job. You answered everything, left no questions unanswered. The fans love you. I love you. I can't get enough Giants football, and a lot of that has to do with your excellent coverage, and we know you got to get back to that coverage, so make sure you're following Dan on Twitter, at Dan Schneier NFL, and make sure you're liking all of his stuff on Facebook. All right, Dan, we know you're a busy guy. We're going to let you go. Thanks for being here. Great job on Giants. Thanks time. for having me, Kevin. Oh, my all bad. Right. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Always fun. All right, cool. All right, so we're closing out the show here, everyone. Glad you were here and stopping by on Giants time. It's always a fun time. And as I said before, follow Dan on Twitter, at Dan Schneier NFL. And make sure if you're on the New York Giants on 24-7 Sports Facebook page, you're liking, sharing the posts. And if you click into one of those articles, make sure you're doing Dan a solid and signing up for his newsletter so you can get all that great New York Giants breaking news sent straight to your inbox. And... If you want to, you can follow me on Twitter and Facebook as well. Find, my, find me by searching my name, Kevin Boylard, and shoot me, shoot me a DM. Let's chat football, life, giants, anything. I'm down to talk about whatever is on your mind at any time. Just shoot me a DM. All right. Also, one last thing, if you'd like to join a conversation with other NFL fans from other teams, we have a group just for you. It's NFL fans on 24-7 sports. Search that on Facebook. You'll see great memes, articles, videos, links, uh, all sorts of great stuff being shared by other NFL fans, other diehards. So join the conversation. All right, I think that wraps things up here for 
the 24-7 sports team in Nashville. I'm Kevin Boiler. Big shout out to Dan Schneier and Mike, the producer in the control room. Make sure you're keeping it locked right here at 24-7 Sports. We're talking your team all the time.